0: I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Anyway, uh, you know, it
1: it is... This vision give is something that we have done this year for the very first time. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for i say opportunity let me let me emphasize that you know this is not a requirement this is not something we're begging people to do this is not something that we're doing because we're in financial trouble no this is an opportunity to honor the lord with what he has given you praise god and and so it's it's a time when you get to bring a a special. We realize that that Christmas time is about Jesus' birthday, right? And so, you know, what do we do on birthdays? Gifts, and so we give gifts. And you know, when you were when you were a little kid, you know, and and you gave a gift your parents, they probably gave you the money to buy the gift, right? Anybody remember those days? You know, they, they gave you the money to, to buy the gift, and uh, do you realize God gave you the money that you're going to give to Him? He, he gave it to you, and we're His children. That's what fathers do. He has provided for us, and so we are going to take this time at, and 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 sew this back in, and you know, and, and we've emphasized that this is vision give because we are giving towards a vision. Right? first of all, we're giving toward the vision of the house, the things that we want to accomplish a, as a church, and and so as we give to the house, you know, as as we've prayed and felt like what what the Lord was wanting us to do is, we've made a decision, and, and the decision is, you know, it was an easy decision. That's just obey what the Lord says. So anyway, we've made a decision that we're going to just uh, do what He's laid on our hearts to do, and every penny of this is going to go to uh, other local. Carlsbad Ministries, praise God, because we want it to be known that that we're not in competition with one another, praise God, and so it, we want to be a blessing, praise God. We want to. Uh, the Bible says this. He says, uh, "Make friends of your unrighteous mammon." He didn't make. He didn't say make friends with your unrighteous mammon. He said make friends of your unrighteous mammon. Make friends. Take take what you know. Money is neither good or bad. Money is is it's all dependent upon what you do with it. And Jesus said, use it to make friends. And so we want to we want to use it to make friends with other ministries in Carlsbad and to to share in the the reward uh, of the. The work of the Lord with them, praise God. And then, secondly, it's about your personal vision. I trust that you have a personal vision, some things that you want uh, to accomplish for the kingdom of God in your personal life, and 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 things. And so, um, we've been we've repeated this several times, but our pastor that we. Uh, uh, that we came up under in in Oklahoma, uh, who's in heaven now, Pastor David Emi used to always say, if you have a great need, plant a great seed. You see, and I found out that if I don't have something that's, that's bigger than what I can figure out how to do on on my own, it probably didn't come from God. Whenever God gives me something that that he... Uh, you know and, and plants a, a vision in my heart it's always something that's bigger than what I have the ability to do because he wants me to trust him praise God and and he provides so I trust that you've got things in fact if you don't I, I want you to spend some time in the next week seeking the Lord and say Lord what's your vision for me what what do you want me to accomplish? What what are you setting before me? Where do you want to take me in the next year? What what do you want me to achieve in the next year? And then you sow towards that. Praise God, because I believe it's going to be something that's bigger than you. Praise God, and and don't be don't be afraid. Don't don't think well that's too big. No, is God uh, is anything too big for God? Then it's not too big. Praise God. So you you sow towards that, and I believe we're going to have some testimonies of how God has come through and met your vision. Praise God. Praise God. And then uh, you know share those testimonies with us. Praise God. Anyway, that's what Vision Give is all about. We're going to dismiss our bridge class this morning, and uh, if are you ready for some word? Praise God. We're going to share today. We're going to continue to minister on the subject of healing. And when we're finished today, I want to have a, a, a special time uh, of, of just ministering healing to those who are in need of, of healing in their bodies. I mentioned in my very first uh, message on this series, I mentioned that. Um, Many people say, "Pray for me," when in reality they should say, "Teach me." Praise God! They should say, "Teach me." Why? Because you you know they just just pray for me. Just pray for me. Well, that that is shifting responsibility off of you onto someone else, and no faith's growing in your heart. It's just somebody else is praying for you. And uh, I mean, I'm not making light or making small uh, the idea of praying for one another. And we should do that, certainly. But many times, you know, I, I have found that if we will do things the right way, if, if, if we will, will seek understanding and, and Teaching, if if we'll do that, many times we won't even need the prayer. God really wants to bring us to a place where we don't need, uh, where we don't even need to be, we don't even need healing because we're in health. Praise God. God's best for you is not that you get sick and get healed. His best for you is that you in, that you live in health. Praise God. I'm thankful for healing. You know, I believe in healing. I'm passionate about preaching healing. But I would rather, you know, if we were to say, you know, let's if you need healing in your body, come forward in a line. And, you know, it would just thrill me that there's nobody sick in the house. It would just thrill me that there's nobody in the house that needs healing. Because that's what we're shooting for. God's people need to be believing for something beyond just getting sick and getting well. Getting sick and getting well. You know, that, that's a cycle that we go through sometimes in life. You know, uh, I remember as, as a kid growing up, we went through the same kind of cycle with, with, uh, uh, with sin. You know, so I I go out and sin, then I come to church and I repent. And I go sin the next week, and then I come to church and I repent. And then, you know, it's just a, a cycle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And God wants to get you off the roller coaster. Praise God. He wants you to be living in a stable place. That doesn't mean that no trouble is ever going to come to you. But it means that when it does, it doesn't shake you. It doesn't rattle you. When trouble comes, because the answer to the trouble lives on the inside of you. You didn't realize that 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 Jesus, we we say Jesus is the answer, but many people act like he's not even a consideration. And let, until things get desperate, and then it's oh Jesus help me. But he. When Jesus becomes your life, praise God. Then you can walk in that place with Him, where you're off of the cycle, you're off of the roller coaster. It's it's not, you know, uh, oh, I'm in trouble today, so Jesus, I'm going to talk to you today. But no, it's it, it just becomes a lifestyle, and when when You wake up in the morning and you don't feel so well it doesn't shake you up it doesn't rattle you you get up and you go your merry way because you know that you know Jesus already got this he already took care of this he already paid for it so I'll go on with my life and I'll live my life and I will walk in in his goodness and I will walk in his faithfulness I will walk in his provision you know how many know that it's not God's will that you live from paycheck to paycheck he wants you to be provided for it. in the same in fact that was you know Jesus dealt with our sin our sickness and poverty Jesus dealt with all of that in fact the curse If you read Deuteronomy 28, and we talked about this in my first message on this series, we talked about Deuteronomy chapter 28, talking about all the curses that will come upon you and overtake you. We we could put those in three categories. We could put those in in the category of of uh, um, you know relational things and and spiritual things, and, and and that we could put them in the category of of physical health and well-being, and we could put them in, in, in the category of, of uh, material uh, supply, material needs. And those curses and, the, and, and blessings, they covered all of those three areas of our life. In fact, if there was anything that came into this world as part of the curse, sin, sickness, disease, death, Poverty, all of those things came in. They were all part of the curse. And if it came in with the curse and Jesus did not completely deal with it, then we would have to say that what Adam did was greater than what Jesus did. I mean, that's just logical. In fact, today, we're going to deal with some logical things. I mean, just some real logical ways. i found out that many times Christians don't think logically. You know, well, God's in control. Well, how many times have you heard that? Well, then if you're going to really go down that road that God's in control, then you got to think that he's in control of everything. He's in control of everything. So that means even things that he said don't do, if you did it, well, he was in control. You know. When things happen that he clearly said were not his will, but yet sometimes they happen. And so if they happen, well, if God's in control, then, well, he controlled that. So he must have wanted it to happen, even though he said he didn't. Must have been his will for me to do that because, you know, he was in control and I just couldn't help myself. You know, try standing in the courtroom and telling the judge, it's God's fault. He wanted me to do that. Must have, or I wouldn't have done it. I mean, if you follow that line of thinking all the way out, nobody actually believes that stuff. They just hadn't thought about it. And so it's my job as a pastor and teacher to teach those things. We're going to look at some logical things today on the subject of healing. Praise God. Now, uh, let's look at today, let's look beginning at Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse number 17. It says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Now he tells us why they were afflicted. He said, because they were fools. because they were fools. and because of their transgressions, the foolish things that they did, the foolish anybody ever had got sick because you were foolish because you did something foolish, you know? Maybe you ate something you shouldn't have eaten or eat way too much of something. Anybody ever, you know, you got sick because you did something that was foolish? So he's talking about people who have done something foolish, and because of their own foolish behavior, their own foolish decisions, they have been afflicted. Now notice what he says. He said, uh, verse 19, Then they cried out in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So notice here, there is healing even for fools. So, sometimes people say, say, well, you know, I brought this on myself. Even so, there's healing for you. Praise God. Praise God. Even if that's the truth, even if you did something absolutely foolish, there is still healing for you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, notice what else he said. He sent something to heal them. He sent his word. He sent his word to heal them. Now, if you're looking at your Bible, you've opened up your Bible, what is contained on the pages of your Bible is God's word. Praise God. And then, I want you to realize this, that not only are the pages of your Bible containing God's Word, but in John chapter 1, he says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise God. So who's He talking about there? He, he can be talking about none other than Jesus. He sent His Word and healed them. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want you to see that. I want you to understand Jesus is the Word made flesh. But did you know that the Word made flesh... And the word written on pages in your Bible are the same. And the word spoken out of the mouth of God is the same word. There's not three words. The word spoken out of the mouth of the Father was written on pages for you to read. And the word became flesh in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and dwelt and lived among us. Praise God. The Word is the same. Praise God. So now, let's look at some things about the Word. What did He send the Word to do? He sent the Word to heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Now let's go to Isaiah chapter 55. I trust you're following along in your Bibles. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 55, he says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my... Complete the sentence, yes. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God speaking the word out of his mouth. And he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. But didn't we say that the word that became flesh is the same word? And didn't we say that the word on the pages of your Bible is the same word? Praise God. And so he says, so shall my word be be that is written on the pages of your Bible. So shall my word be that became flesh and dwelt among you. Praise God. Here's what he said about it. He says it's going to be just like the rain and the snow. They come down from heaven with a specific purpose, and that is to water the earth and to cause it to bud and bring forth. And he says, then, then let's go ahead and read. In verse 11, he says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. Now, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, what did the word do? The word was sent. The word came to earth. The word went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then the word went to the cross, and the word paid for your sickness, your disease, and your pain at the cross. And then the word rose from the dead, and then the word went back to the Father in heaven. And he says, The word that goes forth out of my mouth shall not return to me void. Then he goes on and he says, and it, but it shall accomplish what I please. Did Jesus accomplish what he pleased? What God pleased? He said, yes. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. He has returned to the Father, and he did not return to the Father void. In other words, he did not return to the Father void without having done what he came to do. And what does Psalm 107.20 say he came to do? He sent his word to heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Praise God. So Jesus has returned to the Father, so that means that he has accomplished. Now, if if he's still here on this earth, Maybe he hasn't accomplished yet. Maybe he's done part of it. But he's not still here on this earth. He ascended back to the Father. And the fact that he has returned to the Father, he said, it shall not return to me void until it has accomplished the thing that it was sent to do, the thing that he was sent to do. Praise God. So you know that he did what he came to do, which was healing. Now he could return to the Father. Praise God. Praise God. Now, get this. If healing is not for today. Anybody ever heard that? God doesn't do that anymore. He's not doing that anymore. Not doing that healing thing anymore. That's why, you know, God turned that over to the Surgeon General. No, he's still the healing God. Praise God. He hasn't relinquished any of that. Praise God. He's still the healer. So if the Word no longer heals, then that also means that the rain and snow won't do what it came to do either. That, that, that means that rain and snow no longer water the earth. we got to find another way to get water. we got to find another way. You know, we, we better find a way to get this water to, you know. He said the rain and the snow comes down from heaven. He said it will do what it came to do. If he's no longer a healer, then we would have to say that rain and snow don't do their job anymore. I mean, we're, we're thinking logically, right? That's how we started off today. We talked about some things that just don't make sense. they're, they're totally illogical. It don't make sense at all. So in light of that, if, in in light of this verse, that we, these verses that we've been reading, if Jesus is no longer the healer, healing's not for you, then rain and snow don't water the earth, earth anymore. He said it would not return to him void, but it will accomplish the thing that it was sent to do. Praise God. Now, let's get this. If the word accomplished healing before it was completed. Now, think about this. We see healing throughout the Bible. Right? I mean, we, we see, even in the Old Testament, we see people that were healed. We see Jesus coming, going about healing. And so. If the Word accomplished healing before it was completed, now we have the completed Word of God. Here's what the book of Revelation, chapter 22, the end of the book of Revelation, verse number 18 says this, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from things which are written in this book. So makes it pretty clear that the word in written form Praise God. So, that means that healing actually took place before we had the completed written word. And if it accomplished healing before we had the completed word, how much more then should we expect that healing works today now that we have the finished word? Praise God. We have the completed word of God. If it accomplished healing when it was yet incomplete, shouldn't we expect that it so much more accomplishes healing now that we have the completed word? Praise God. Even when Jesus was walking on this earth, we didn't have the completed word. Because he still had stuff to do before he went back to heaven, right? Then he finished and went back to heaven. Praise God. But he healed before he went back to heaven. He accomplished healing when the word was yet incomplete. So how much more? Some people think that because Jesus is not here anymore, that that means that healing is done away with. He's not healing anymore. Well, I mean, we've all heard Christians say this. Oh, if Jesus was just here. You know, wouldn't it have been wonderful to walk with Jesus? Well, if you were walking with Jesus, you could know that he hadn't finished his work yet. If you were walking with him in the flesh, you would know that he had not completed his work yet. Because once he finished he went back to heaven so now that the word of god is complete i'm telling you today that healing should be much more expected than it was in jesus day not less more praise god now in john chapter 1 verse 14 the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if the Word accomplished healing before it was completed, then we ought to even more expect healing today. Praise God. Now, if Jesus, the Word made flesh, healed, but the written word does not heal, then the word is more powerful in flesh than in the spirit. Do you see that? If the word made flesh could heal, but the word on the pages of your Bible cannot heal, then we've either got two different words or the word on the written page is, is not as powerful as the word in flesh. But we have one word. We have one word. Now think about this. The Bible tells us when the fullness of time had come, Galatians tells us when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son into the world. What does it mean when the fullness of time had come? Well, you see, Jesus could not do anything. He could do absolutely nothing that had not been said about him. He could only do what had been said about him through the the types and shadows, through the law, through the prophets, all the things that had to be said about Jesus. And when everything had been said that needed to be said, then the fullness of time had come, and God sent forth his Son into the world. So he could only do what had been said. And it, there was one last thing that had to be done. It's very fitting since we're coming up on Christmas right now. There was an angel that appeared to Mary, and began to tell her, You know, you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son. He's going to be the son of the most high. And uh, um, so Mary says, well, how can this be since I've never known a man? And he says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will conceive and give birth to Jesus. And so Mary said in response to what the angel said, be it unto me according to your word be it unto me according to your word do you realize those are the most powerful words ever uttered out of a human mouth because what happened that day not only the words that the angel just said but it was the word all of the words that had been spoken by God uh, concerning his son throughout time. All of those words, every one of them. I mean, you could find anything that was said about Jesus. And all of it at that moment became flesh in the womb of Mary. All of the words. You know in fact this word that we started off with he sent his word and healed them that word became flesh on the inside of Mary as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven waters the earth and causes it to bud and, and, and produce and give bread to the soul, uh seed to the sower and bread for, for food that word became flesh in the womb of Mary every word that had been said about Jesus became flesh womb of Mary that day praise God and we have what Peter calls the word of prophecy made more sure now what was he talking about more sure he's talking about he was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus And he heard the voice. In fact, if you read what what he said there, this is what he's talking about. He says, I was there. I heard that voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. He says, I was there and I heard that word. But you have a prophetic word made more sure. Why is that? Why is it more sure? Because you have the written word. He is telling you that you live in a day of the written word, and the written word is more sure than even the word that you hear audibly from God. The written word is more sure. Why is it more sure? Let me just say this. Has anybody ever said anything to you, and you went to repeat it and you got it almost right but if you can read it you can get it absolutely right your memory may fail you but what's written on the page will not fail you praise God you have a prophetic word made more sure and the word of God in written form is just as living and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You have the word made more sure and we should have more confidence in the healing today than even in the day when jesus was walking on this earth praise god praise god he hasn't diminished the word hasn't diminished in its ability to heal it has become greater in its ability to heal because the word now contains all of the stuff that jesus has finished not just the stuff he was going to do but all the stuff he was going to finish, praise God, and did finish, praise God. Now, the word is more powerful today. Now, if Jesus could heal, but the written word can't heal, then we would have to say that living word and the written word are not the same. They've become separated. And if that's the case, you can't depend on any of it. Just go ahead and throw your Bible away. But I'm here to tell you that it is the same word and it will do the same thing that it would do in flesh. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jesus said, the words I speak to you, John 6, 63, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, get this. Acts chapter 10, verse number 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and he by the devil for God was with him. Now, if God's will is sickness, you know, I'm saddened that we even need to say this. But we do. It saddens me that there are Christians that actually think like Maybe it's not God's will for me to be healed. Maybe God wants me to be sick. How how that must break the heart of our father that his children, his own children, believe and are telling other people that he wants them to be sick. How sad that is. It, 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 It must hurt the heart of the father that his children see him that way. Now, if, I'm going to give you some scenarios here that just don't make sense. If God's will is sickness, then he must have been confused because we just read Where he anointed Jesus to heal. We just started off today reading how he sent his word to heal. So if it's his will for you to be sick, then he must have really been confused because he sent his word to heal. He must have really been confused because he anointed Jesus to heal. If he wanted some people sick, did Jesus never encounter those people? Did did he never come in contact with any of the people that God wanted to be sick? If, I mean, Jesus always did the will of the Father, right? So if he always did the will of the Father, and it was God's will for some people to be sick, if he encountered those people, then he would have had to make them sick. What would we think if we're reading in the Bible and we see a Jesus that went about making some people well and other people sick? Now, we actually think that 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 does appear in the Bible, but it doesn't. You know, we think that that, uh, it was God that made uh, the blind man in John chapter 9. We think it was God that made him blind that God did that, you know, for his glory. But that's not even what the Scripture says. If we read that out, that's not even what he says. This man, was he was he blind because of his sin or because of his parents' sin, you know, that he was born blind? Well, they think that Jesus said, well, he's blind so that the works of God can be revealed in him. No. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. What did he do? What did Jesus do? Read, read John 9. I didn't intend to talk about this today, so I don't have these scriptures to pull up here. But it's in John chapter 9. And, and don't read it now. I'll read it later. Uh, but anyway, in John chapter 9, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. And what did he then do? He opened the man's eyes. That's the works of him who sent me. God didn't make him blind so Jesus could come along and heal him. Now that, that is, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, ignorance gone to seed. That, you know, that's a prime example of ignorance gone to seed. You know, God did not make this man blind so Jesus could heal him. Jesus came and worked the works of him who sent me, which was to open those blind eyes. Praise God. Now, if sickness is God's will, God must have really been confused because we never see Jesus ever making anybody sick. Never. If Now, get this. This was not an isolated instance, but Jesus healed them all several times in Scripture. He encountered a, a crowd, a multitude of people, and he healed them all. Not some of them, he healed them all. He did this more than once wasn't a one-time event, but he healed them all on several occasions. Praise God. Because he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Luke, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, calls sickness the oppression of the devil. What did he say there we we read the we read the passage in in uh i said luke and that may have been confusing to you but but luke wrote acts okay so we read from acts i didn't mean in the book of luke but luke the writer of acts here in acts ten thirty eight it says god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power who went about what did he go about doing doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil he didn't heal people that were made sick by God because God wasn't making people sick he healed those who were oppressed of the devil he went about doing good so Luke, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, recorded what Peter said at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, that he calls healing doing good. How many would call it doing good if you were going contrary to what God said? If you're doing something different than what God said, would you call that doing good? Well, Luke, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, recorded what Peter said, and he called healing doing good. And he called those who were sick, those who were oppressed by the devil. we got to get this stuff straight. we got to under, so so when let me just give you a little test here when you're sick if you without without giving much thought to it without i mean subconsciously you say i wonder what i did wrong that god put this on if you are thinking that, let me just tell you, don't, don't get condemned about it. But if you're thinking that, your mind needs some renewal. In other words, you need to be taught. Praise God. You need some mind renewal going on because your mind subconsciously goes to Those things that are tucked away, way back there, you know. I am working. I've got things that are tucked away back there since I was a kid. Things I don't even consciously remember, but sometimes they come out. And you've got things that are subconsciously tucked back in there that from time to time come out. And if things like that are coming out, you need some mind renewal. Praise God. Praise God. In other words, let me let me just say it this way. You need to be brainwashed. Now that, that sounds like a bad thing, but it's really a good thing when your brain is washed by the word. Hallelujah. You need to get some brainwashing going on there. Brainwashed by the word, by the water of the word of God. Washing your mind clean of all of that junk that has been put in there by religion, by society, by life. See, there's all kinds of sources of ways things get into your head. And it needs to be washed out. Praise God. By the water of the word of God. Hallelujah. And it's it's those things that you weren't even, I mean the things that just came out without even considering it and and you wake up and you're feeling symptoms in your body and you're thinking, what did I do wrong? That's garbage that's in your head. Washed out. When you're thinking, well, what why is God doing this to me? That's garbage that's in your head that needs to be washed out. Praise God. So let the word do its work. Start looking for teaching instead of soliciting prayer. Prayer's good. I'm not, I'm not down in prayer. But I'm saying you need to be taught because no matter how much you pray, if you are filled with a whole bunch of garbage, your prayer is going to be really hit and miss. It's going to be maybe sometimes you hit on it and maybe sometimes you don't. Sometimes the grace of God just does something that you didn't even expect. and you know. But, you know, we, we, we need to get garbage untaught praise God and yes if you're watching online and I'm one of the preachers that you listen to and you're watching somebody that follows me that tells you the opposite of what I'm telling you I'm telling you why he's messing with you you need to get some of that stuff unlearned and you're never going to get it unlearned if you keep listening to it Praise God. That needed to be said. Somebody thinks it doesn't matter. It matters a lot. And that's why some of you are in a mess right now because you've been listening to a mess. Praise God. Now, get this Isaiah chapter 61. In Luke chapter four, Jesus quotes from Isaiah sixty one. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he said, he gave it back to the attendant, and he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled. In your hearing that's that that was in uh, Luke 4 verses uh, I'll just put down on your notes there 14 through 21 you'll be covered but Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter 61 Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus notice what Isaiah calls the message that Jesus, or what Jesus called the message that he preached, according to Isaiah 61. He calls it preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means, get get this, in the Message Bible, it says the acceptable year of the Lord as this is God's year to act this is god's year to act. He didn't mean you know whatever year it was they were in at that time. That's not what he meant. He meant from the the year, the time of Jesus from from Jesus on is god's year to act. The amplified says it this way. The day, I love this. The day when salvation and the free favors Of God profusely abound. (laughs) That is awesome. Verse number two goes on and he calls it this is Isaiah 61. He says, call he calls it the day of vengeance of our God. What is God avenging? He's avenging what Satan did through Adam so whatever Satan did through Adam the serpent did through Adam in the Garden of Eden Jesus said I've come to get vengeance on that praise God how's he gonna get vengeance on that by reversing everything he did by reversing it all putting it back in order and what Jesus came and did is greater than what God, what Satan did in Adam. Praise God. If healing is not for today, then the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God was only a, a temporary thing. And we would have to say that the devil recovered from all of his losses. See, many people think that that what God did in Christ was a a three-and-a-half-year-long thing. No, he changed everything forever. Not for three-and-a-half years. The day of vengeance of our God wasn't a one-year event or a a three-and-a-half-year event. The vengeance of our God was this is the day that it all starts, praise God. But it is still in effect today what God did in Christ only started when Jesus was on this earth. And it's still very much in effect today. Satan has not recovered from his losses. He lost everything that he did in Adam. He lost it all to Jesus and he has not recovered his losses. So don't think that he has. Don't think, well, that was, you know, that was when Jesus was here. Why would God come and do something for? You know, come and reverse all that stuff three and a half years and then boom, right back to where we were why would he take his son and lay all of your sickness disease and pain on him nail him on the cross for three and a half year well it wouldn't have even been that long it would have been like 50 days why would he do that temporarily no he didn't do something temporarily He did something that was from then on, once and for all time. Praise God. Once and for all time. Now, Jesus sent 70. He he sent 12 out to preach the gospel. He told them to go heal. Never told them to go make somebody sick. He said, Go heal. Then he sent 70 more to go heal. He didn't tell them to make anybody sick either. Then he told 120 that were with him when he's about to go back to heaven. They're standing there with him, and we assume it was 120 because there's 120 in the upper room. So we assume that all of them were there that day jesus gave them that commission and he told them go lay hands on the sick and they will recover but he didn't tell anybody to make anybody sick and then he took off all of the limitations so he sent 12 he himself went about healing then he sent 12 to go heal then he sent 70 to go heal then he sent 120 to go heal And now he takes off all the limitations because he says these signs will follow those who believe. Are you one of those who believe? Praise God. James, Hannah, come up here for just a second. You get to be my illustration. I'm going to tell you, you go and preach the gospel to Hannah. Gospel, 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 gospel. Okay. So now I tell you these signs will follow those who believe you. So does that mean these signs are going to follow you? That means they're going to follow you believe him he preached the gospel to you so that means that everyone in fact Brittany would you come up here and Olga you come up here too everybody says that's why I don't sit on the front row I don't do this often okay so you preach the gospel to all of them go ahead and right now do you you all believe the gospel okay then that means that i told you to preach the gospel to them but they believe and these signs will follow not you all who believe you so if jesus said that to 120 thank you jesus said that to 120 But they went and preached. He took the limits off. So everyone they preached to, if they believe, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So Jesus himself healed. Jesus sent 12 to heal. Jesus sent 70 to heal. Jesus sent 120 to heal. And now he took the limits off and said, whoever will go heal but never once did he tell anyone to go make anyone sick how can we be so confused to think that God wants some people sick Well, I've come today to tell you he doesn't want you sick and he doesn't want your friends sick he doesn't want your family sick he doesn't want your neighbors sick He doesn't want your coworkers sick because God is adamantly opposed to sickness and disease. And if he hasn't proved that to you yet, then we're just going to have to have a Holy Ghost meeting with you so the Holy Ghost can convince you that he doesn't want those around you sick. Praise God. Well, you know, I was going to lay hands on so-and-so and, but I just don't know if that was God well let me tell you something for sure it wasn't the devil because Jesus healed all who were oppressed by the devil praise God if you need healing in your body today if you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching me online Jesus wants you well but you don't even know me yeah, but I know Jesus praise God I know Jesus I tell people all the time Jesus wants you well whether I know them or not whether I'm looking at them through the lens of a camera you know yesterday morning at 6 a.m., we called Pakistan, and I looked at people's faces through a camera, through a a screen. I looked at their faces and I told them, Jesus wants you healed. He wants you well. Praise God. I didn't even know their names, didn't know who they were, didn't know how many were there, but I told them, Jesus wants you healed. Why? Because He does. Hallelujah. Now, we're, we're waiting on a report from I expect to hear reports of Jesus proving that. Well, I expect reports of Jesus proving what I just said to you today. Praise God. Whether you're in the room or whether you, like the people yesterday, are watching me on a screen. Shoulders. If your head's hurting, put your hand on your head. If your back's hurting, put your hand on your back. Wherever you're hurting, wherever, whatever part of your body is not functioning the way it's supposed to function, the way God created it to function, he, he didn't create it to fail. He created it to function. And so if it's not functioning like God created it to function, right now I want you to put your hand on that part of your body. Praise God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you said those who believe would lay hands on the sick. So the, Those who have heard the gospel today, who have heard the good news of healing today, they're laying hands on the sick themselves. They're laying hands where, where body parts are not functioning. I command kidneys, by the authority of the name of Jesus, kidneys to function like God created them. eyes, if you're having trouble with your eyes, put your hand on your eyes, I command eyes to see like God created you to see, joints, be pain free, because that's how God created you to function, pain free, in the name of hearts, you function like God created you to function. You beat steady and you beat in rhythm and you beat strong in the name of Jesus you do not skip beats in the name of Jesus you will be in perfect rhythm You will not fail arteries you open up so the blood flows freely as it was designed to do in the name of Jesus in the name lungs lungs right now I I, I see in the spirit I see lungs that are just black We started off today talking about fools because of their transgression. Well, some of you sinned against your lungs. You put things in your lungs that shouldn't be put in there. It didn't say Jesus said, well, you'll just have to deal with it. No, God sent his word and healed even people that put things in their lungs that shouldn't be there. So in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hmm, I command all that black crud to get out of those lungs. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. Receive your healing right now. Lungs, 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 you are free and you are clear. I declare it in the name of Jesus. speak to the the pancreas right now you produce insulin like you're supposed to and be gone in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus let the mute speak let the blind see let the deaf hear let the lame walk in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I declare that now in Jesus name. Jesus the word Flesh and dwelt among us who finished what he came to do and has gone back to heaven and we know that he finished because he's back in heaven and he did not return there void without accomplishing Receive Jesus is the Lord of your life. You've never received the remission of sin. You see, Jesus already paid for them, just like He did your healing. Already paid for your sins. But you have to receive the remission of sins. Praise God. You receive that like this. You confess with your mouth. in heaven thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me and receive all the punishment that i should have received but you laid it upon him instead he took my place he died on that cross and then you raised him from the dead Declare that I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, for saving me. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select. I choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love.